You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Kevo hanging out here in the Stuart Shelby State Farm. Hi, Stuart Shelby State Farm. <laughs> That's the hotline text line. <laughs> hanging out in the Caldwell Baker Group One Realty Studio. Same thing. Yeah. Well, I got all fluster here, Kevin, because I'm impressed you've been in here uh, two days filling in for Jake, and your wife is uh, hitting up the Stuart Shelby State Farm text line, heckling you about your predictions. She did. She texted and said, if Kevo takes the Jags, he's dead to me. <laughs> yes. Nice. All right. Uh, Love you, too. That'll work out well as you go home, Kevin. Yeah, thanks. I just got a feeling. As I said earlier, it could be gas, indigestion, something I ate, but I I don't know. I've been doing this show since 2011. My wife has not texted in one time. (laughs) Really? I don't know. She listens. (laughs) You never asked? Well, I guess guess maybe you're afraid to... Honey, do you listen? Yeah, and you suck, and you did. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. No, word that's gets, what. Yeah. Well, word gets back to her every once in a while. Things I say about her on the radio, so I ah, try to keep it. You know, I got you. Hey, I'm very excited about our next guest. Uh, got a lot of different things I want to pick his brain about. Todd Black does a, a radio show or two on ESPN 104.5 down in Baton Rouge. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. What up, Bud? How you doing this Good morning? morning? I don't think my wife knows what channel I'm on either in Baton Rouge. Oh, I, I come home and I say, hey, did you listen? She says yes, and I don't ask any further because I know she didn't, but she's just saying it to make me feel good. <laughs> yes. There you go. All right, uh, hey, a couple things. First of all, uh, your name may sound familiar to a lot of people around here. A uh, Neville graduate, a, a former Tiger, correct? Former Tiger, graduated a long time ago and, uh, in 86, played under Coach Brown and uh, and. You know, I left Louisiana for a couple of years, but uh, uh, football and athletics uh, has always meant a lot to me in uh, my life. And, uh, you know, and this is something that uh, I'm passionate about and I'm trying to get back. And I think one of the things, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding with what's going on within the LHSAA, but the bottom line is, is the kids. And uh, it meant a lot to me, and I've seen it mean a lot to other people. And so hopefully, you know, I can answer some questions and maybe we can get this thing back on track as far as the LHSA is concerned. All right, before we dive into that, and right on cue, I get a text from uh, Mickey says, uh, say hi. Do you have a Mickey McCarty story for us back in the day? I have. My only claim to fame is that I picked him off one time, I think, uh, back in 1985. He actually played for uh, another coach of mine, uh, Mike Ballard. And uh, Coach Valerie is uh, one of the – all of them at Neville, in my opinion, were great coaches, but uh, had a lot of influence on me. But uh, the job Mickey's done at Neville has been phenomenal. He uh, – not only does he – you know, he wins, he does it the right way. And that's what coaching's all about. And I'm proud of Mickey for doing what he's done with Neville. Um, this past year he struggled. But for most teams, what his year was successful. But – Mickey standards. It was. Uh, I thought that he he's just done a phenomenal job with Neville. All right, Todd. Uh, you I, I stumbled across an article and it's forwarded to me. Probably one of the most comprehensive and extensive uh, articles I've seen done on the LHSA and what has taken place with the split. Uh, I know this has been building for you for quite some time, and you've been following this situation for a long time. Tell me the basis of this story and what you uncovered that you think uh, stands out the most to uh, listeners out there. 
Most thing, I think there's two things. Uh, one is that in 2013, the LHSA became a private organization. And the other thing is that principals have different standards for um, kids that are in the classroom and then on the athletic field. And I think those two differences uh, have made a big change in the landscape of the LHSA for what we see today. The start of the LHSA, as we dive into this thing, you gave a history lesson. Uh, first of all, the reason why it was started and, and I guess the principles and their motto from the get-go. So, you know, in the research I've done on it, and I've talked to some older coaches down here, and in 1920, you know, this is when they all got together and they decided, and this is both public and private schools, uh, principals got together and wanted to have a, you know, a different way to conduct high school athletics. And that's how they ended up with the LHSAA. And then, um, you know, through the course of time, uh, things started to change. Of course, uh, I mentioned in here that John Curtis was uh, involved in 1962 and then Evangel, and then things kind of materialized from there. But, you know, the thing that bothers me the most, I think, is principals insist that the LHSAA is a principals organization. Yeah. And uh, I put in the paper that I take exception to that simply because I believe it's their way of putting what they want ahead of what's best for the student athletes. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, you know, Aaron, I had a uh, interview with Denham Springs girls. I think it was in 2016. And the previous year they'd just gotten beat by Mount Carmel. And uh, off the air I asked them, I said, if there was any, and this is after the split had taken place, and I said, if there's any school, you could play in the finals, who would it be? And they looked at us and said, Mount Carmel. And it lets you know that the kids don't see things like adults do. They see things as competition. They want That's what you would expect a competitor to say. I want to play the team that beat me last year. But they didn't have that opportunity because the adults took it away because they wanted to split the association. As this thing uh, played out, and we, of course, uh, know a little bit about the history, when did you, uh, when did it really start to unravel with the, uh, the split between private and, of course, public schools? I go back to uh, 2005 when they, um, the LHSA decided to place everyone in their own classifications. Um, just a brief little history on that is that Prior to that, schools could play up in any classification they wanted to, but they couldn't play down. It makes sense. And so John Curtis and Evangel were in 5A and 4A, and um, the whole premise was to get them to play down to 2A and 1A. And that's kind of what happened in 2005. And as you would expect, in football, John Curtis and Evangel really just – hammered 2A and 1A, and then after, after a couple of years, uh, it was 2007, Evangel jumped up with John Curtis, and from there on, they just kind of dominated, and I think those lower classifications got tired of it, and I don't blame them. I would have too, and so they had to make a change, and the change they came up with really only fixed half the problem, and that kind of goes into my biggest complaint with this whole thing. Todd Black from ESPN Radio down in 104.5 in Baton Rouge joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Has done extensive research and an article on the situation with the LHSA uh, committee and, of course, uh, the, the big uh, uh, 
they're meeting next week down in Baton Rouge. All right. Uh, in terms of the LHSA, LHSA being a private organization, what does that mean as this organization moves forward? Aaron, what I found is that, you know, I, I know that the LHSA filed to be a private organization in like 2011. It didn't occur to me until recently that it was almost simultaneous to the day of the split was voted in, the initial split of 2013, where it was really given um, the authority to be a private entity. Well, prior to that, the legislature, I know <laughs> this is one of the rare instances that, you know, government has kind of somewhat helped um, any organization. But in this particular instance, it had a checks and balances. And, and the legis- they always had the legislature hanging over their head where they had to do things right. If it got out of line, they would step in. Well, that's good and bad. I get both sides of that. However, the way this went, allowed the executive committee to go against the constitution it allowed the executive committee really to do whatever it wanted to do without any checks and balances other than the constitution the executive director is hired and fired by the executive committee so if he disagrees with what they're doing they just turn around and fire him so there's really no checks and balances other than the constitution and the legal team who has said, hey, look, this is, you know, an out-of-order proposal. So, speaking of the split, and so y'all need to do something about it. Well, instead of taking their advice, they just went on their merry way doing what they wanted to do. And in my opinion, that Constitution is there to protect for who it operates. In this particular instance, it's the student-athlete. And if you choose to go against your constitution, you're taking the rights away from your student athletes. And in my opinion, that's not the way things should work. Eddie Bonine certainly faces a lot of criticism before him, of course, Kenny Henderson and Tommy Henry. So you're basically saying their hands are tied anyway because the executive committee rules whatever they do. Uh, Exactly. And to a different extent, this day and time, um, prior to I think with, with Tommy Hendry and, and Kenny Henderson that the with the legislature overseeing it a little bit they had it they could just make a couple of phone calls and get things straightened out well this day and time Eddie he can't do anything for the most part and if you really look at the things that Bonine has done for the association um, they want things to be if, if nobody likes you you're doing a real good job that's what they always say about a youth coach right if you mm-hmm. judge if no one likes you, that means you're doing good. And and, um, and he's made rulings against private schools. He made rulings against public schools. And he, he's really done things by the book. His favorite you know, comment is that I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. It's up to the principals to make the rules. And a lot of these principals these days uh, don't have, I think, they're being pressured so much with education do they really have time for the LHSAA? And I think that's a big question to ask. Eddie Bonine coming from uh, Nevada. Do you think he uh, fully grasped the situation, what he was walking into? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I, I think that um, Vic Bonifee said in the, in the article, said that this thing runs deeper than a lot of people know. 
and that's the understatement of the year. And um, I don't, uh, Aaron, no, I don't think he does. And I don't think you, I don't, I don't think you'd change anything. I think he would, I think he trusts a lot of people earlier on that came back and, and it bit him in the butt. And I think mm-hmm. that if anything, he would change kind of his mentality um, coming into the state, knowing how deep the LHSA runs with its clicks and so forth. So we shouldn't hold it against him, Todd, the fact that he uh, continues to send out his resume, it seems like, across the country trying to get out of this position? Well, Aaron, that's a good question, and and this is what I'll tell you about that, is that you know they have tried to fire him a couple of different times prior to this. And, you know, I can't blame him for trying to do it because, in in my opinion, uh, he has done – he was asked to come in and get the association back together. This is in the LHSA minutes, and it's said multiple times. So he's trying to do that, and as he's trying to do that, that same executive committee who hired him is trying to fire him for, the, for what they hired him for. Mm. So I think that was his motive. To out. He said, man, he's trying to see the writing on the wall that they're trying to get rid of him for doing his job. I think he was really confused, and I think that that's, you know, that's why he tried to go in different areas because he didn't feel wanted. And, um, you know, is uh, I think everybody wants to feel wanted at some point in time. And I just think that, no, I wouldn't hire, you know, I think you always listen, but I think his whole message is, look, you know, he really wants to be here. And um, I don't think the executive committee realized or realizes how good a guy they got on their side at this particular point. Financially, he's done wonders for the LHSA. They're in a better position they've been in in a long time. He's changed the culture of the LHSA office. It's a more business-oriented type of office, and that's how Bonine runs it. He runs it as a business and not a good old boy network, and that's the major change that I think a lot of people in Louisiana uh, have struggled with. Ty, there are multiple levels to your, your story, and one of them, uh, you were spelling out the purpose of the executive committee, and then an open records request that you had, you had some uh, dialogue and some emails between some of the committee members. What did you uh, uh, unveil during that? So, there was so much um, he said, she said type of information, and I knew that the only way I was going to be able to start getting to the bottom of this was to invoke this, the freedom of information act. And what that basically does, it gives me the opportunity or anyone for the matter to go to any public servant and be able to get their emails. So I did that for some of the executive committee members. And, and what I found was, you know, it was crazy that, it just kind of justified what I thought, meaning that this wasn't done for terms of what's best for student athletes of the state. And, you know, Jane Griffin from Winfield, who was the author of the 2013 um, proposal, had contacted Tommy Henry on multiple occasions to try to get Bonine fired. Mm. And I made comment of that. And so, um, about a few months later, I go into the executive committee meeting and I speak. And she says to me in front of everybody, 
um, that I accused her of contact or calling Tommy Henry, trying to get Mr. Bonine fired. I said, no, ma'am, you emailed him. And she said, that never happened. I have never contacted Tommy Henry asking him anything. And I had 20 emails. And that, to me, just said, this is the problem with the LHSAA. Is here's the principal who is lying in front of everyone. And she's controlling what our kids are doing on the football field or baseball field and even back in Winfield. That's not what... You know, Mr. Lofton was our principal at Neville. And, you know, you always look at principals with character, integrity, and, you know, that's who your kid goes to school for. And, and here she is showing the complete opposite. Like Ms. Dawson, uh, Dr. Dawson at Neville. Um, she would never do anything like that. And that, to me, just kind of exemplified the problem with the LHSAA. Todd Black from uh, ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge joins us. He's done an extensive research and an article on the situation with the LHSA. He also crunched a lot of different numbers. When the split happened, a lot of people believed it would level the playing field and we'd see a different dynamic in the postseason. What did your research reveal? Wow. You know, this was initially what got me into it was the numbers. And, and I knew that it wasn't adding up. But, you know, the secondary part was after I found out the, you know, all the, um, I guess, character and integrity flaws that it seemed to have behind it. But, you know, when you look at uh, since 2013 in the football uh, split, they've added roughly 208 teams, meaning these 208 teams normally would not be in the playoffs. Um, but since the split, they are. Only 9% of them have won a first-round playoff game. The other 91% have lost by a margin of over 35 points. But the big thing is, is when you look at your lower classifications, 2A and 1A, and I want to go on record and say this. Out of all the classifications, when you look, 2A and 1A has, has the most gripe about being split. And the reason I say that is because you look at other sports such as softball, you look at baseball, you look at basketball, and in some of those instances it's all Catholic schools or, or private schools that dominate. However, there again, you know, just don't let it ride. Fix it because it's so bad that what I went back and looked at was, you know, the last four teams in from 2013 to 2017, and, you know, they averaged one win a team. But when you go back to before the split, they were all about it's about four and a half wins. They're all about 500 teams, in other words. Well, we could all agree, I think, that a 500 team can be justified of being a playoff team. But teams that have uh, one win, zero wins, they have no business being in the playoffs. And that goes back to life lessons, in my opinion. How can you reward someone – like, I'll give you a perfect example of, I think it was, um, I can't remember the, t it was, uh, you might have it, there was a team that was 1-9 in 2012, mm. and they were a 50 seed. In 2013, they were 1-9 again, and they were a 31 seed. <laughs> and it just goes to show you, you want kids to show 
they can improve. They get better. They have more of a commitment. They have more of a, a better work ethic. They show uh, have a better attitude, teamwork, and that's going to reward you. Don't let the system reward a team for something they haven't accomplished because it sets them up in life for failure in my terms. And I believe that sports is such a microcosm of what these kids face as they get older. So let's make the playoff system or let's not water down athletics. You know, I don't see principals allowing students with Fs to graduate. So don't do the same in athletics. Don't let a team that's 0-10 go to the playoffs. And ultimately, that's what I would like for the principals to understand, is if you're going to pass a kid that has an F, all right, then go, go ahead and let an 0-10 team in the playoffs. But if – go ahead. Uh, well, I thought I was just going to say as we spin this thing forward, I mean, the, the meeting's next week. Uh, Eddie Bonine was scheduled this week. He was supposed to go across the state and kind of go through the different proposals and kind of get a feel for what was going to take place next week. All those meetings basically uh, canceled because of the weather. They had a teleconference instead. What are you anticipating next week now? Aaron, that's one thing I've gotten to where I, I don't know. And, and that's been the whole thing. I know there's going to be a lot of proposals that are going to be out there. Um, but it takes some education and understanding behind these proposals. And that's what these meetings usually do that you just spoke of. But to help those kids, or excuse me, help the principals make the right decision. And, you know, I could barely get back into Baton Rouge last night. So I know the travel was treacherous across the state unless you'd push everything back a week. But then, you know, those meetings are very important, is what I'm trying to say. And so yeah. I think, um, honestly, I don't, I don't see much changing next week. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I just don't think that there's been a groundswell enough to create a change because no one thinks anything is wrong with this. And in reality, when you look at margins of victory, in all brackets, in all classes, the margins of victory victory have gotten 88% worse in all playoff brackets. And that's not what the split was designed to do. So something, whether they keep, whether they stay split or they don't, you got to come up with some better solutions than what they have right now. And, and I think that, um, I just don't think anything was going to happen until, more people say, all right, we've got to fix this. And right now, it's just not happening. You believe Eddie Bonine will still be the executive director a year from now? I believe so. I think mm. that um, – I don't know who would take it. Yeah. <laughs> I heard your name was in the mix. But, yeah. uh, no, I don't know who would want to take it. Mm. And I think that that's uh, – I think got to be the, the LHSA, the executive committee has to really decide who they want to be, who they want to represent. As an executive committee member, you have to represent the association. And each one of them represent their own school. And that's where the breakdown happens. As an executive committee member, you forfeit um, to some extent what's best for your school, but you're there because you represent a group of classes 
you don't represent just your school anymore. And as long as that type of thinking is going to be out there, you cannot, you won't be able to accomplish anything that's best for the student athlete. And, um, you know, some of these, if you look at some of these basketball brackets, if you go and look at Division 5, there's one out of 12 teams that have a winning record. And there's, um, there's in softball, some of these softball teams go straight to the, uh, to Lake Charles or sulfur and they're one in 11 or one in 20. And it's, uh, it's like, I counted it yesterday. Right now there's 117 teams in the boys bracket with losing records and 120 it's for the girls it's about 40 percent of the brackets are uh have losing teams in it and over the course of the split in 2013 in football only the amount of teams that have winning records are 43 percent in 1a in class 1a 43 percent of the teams have winning records that make the playoffs in class 1a uh, yeah. And it's fifty percent at two A, and it's, that's not what I think, Aaron. That's where it comes down. That's not what I think a playoff system should look like. And I think anything that's been around sports or athletics to any extent would have to agree with that. It's just uh, I don't agree that. Every kid ought to have an experience to go in the playoffs. Last year they showed a team, uh, it was Ringgold, senior day, or week 10. They traveled to uh, somewhere down south. They got to be 63 to nothing. And there was no one at home for their senior night. You think any of the people traveled four hours to go watch them play? That's a whole other story. That That is uh, sad. Uh, Todd, we basically just uh, touched on a lot of different things in your extensive article. People want to find it and read it and go through a lot of the research that you've done. Where can they find it? And I'll tell you, you you're more than welcome to, to, to post it on a site that you have. But right now you can go to 1045ESPN.com. It's under blog, and you will find it there. Or you could go to uh, – on Facebook, you can go to Louisiana Prep School Board, and it will be there uh, to look. It's it's a long article, but that's the only way it could be to explain fully what's going on within the LHSA. And you're right; we can only touch on a little uh, some things here or there. But in that it uh, in that article, hopefully, it answers a lot of questions that people may have. I also uh, retweeted it out on my Twitter page, at uh, Aaron's Aces. All right, I want to end this with a, a high note here, uh, a colorful story or two. Uh, you made your way down to Baton Rouge, uh, down at LSU, and you run into a big fella, one of the greatest players of all time in the NBA. Uh, what was it like the first time you met Shaquille O'Neal, and how did you develop this lifelong relationship with him? The first time I met him, I was marching, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I knew who he was, and I knew he was 17. At the time, he only had to be 18 to get into a bar. But he comes and sits at the bar, and he doesn't drink anything. And I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And he didn't know anyone. So we just sat there and talked, and he showed back up the next night. And, you know, we kept talking, and we invited him over and all. And 
uh, he just really became, you know, uh, a, I, I just really can't explain the type of guy he is because uh, he's a solid, not only basketball player, but a man, friend. Then one time in Orlando, he walked up and he gave me a handful of money. And I was like, what are you doing? And he said, do you remember that 20 you gave me in college? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, trust me, you gave me one here. Yeah. I'm like, and so that just gives you a little idea of how he thinks. He didn't forget it. He remembered it. And um, But I will tell you a terrible story that's funny is we used to boxing. So for a minute, <laughs> we would – he would give us $300 to box him for a minute. And each time we hit him in the face, it was 100 bucks. <laughs> well, we didn't get to hit him in the face too much. But I would get inside, and he would just sling me. I mean, like, all the way across the yard. Get on. I'm like, all right, all right. I don't want $300. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this guy, we're in the middle of 7-2. Um, but... There was another quick story. We're on the way. I'm riding with him, and we're going down Orange Avenue. And I, it, this is the eight-lane road. I mean, major. And so these kids, we get behind a school bus. And these kids see me. And these kids unload off that school bus like Santa Claus was behind them. And I'm like, Shaq, you got to tell them to get back on the bus. He's like, I don't know what to do. I said, get out of the car and tell them to get back on the bus. They're going to get hit. And it was just a mad scene in the middle of Orange Avenue in, in Orlando. It was crazy, but uh, he's uh, he's a solid guy, and, and um, don't get to talk to him every day, of course, because of his schedule. But uh, uh, definitely a good dude. Has he changed at all since that day? You know, he's a 17 year old. He wanders into the bar and he strikes up a conversation to what he is now—a global star. <laughs> I will. I can honestly tell you, no. The only thing that's changed, like him and myself both, is our weight. It's yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's, it's grown. It's uh, um, he's gotten a lot heavier, and, and so have I. But it's um, I think he used to intake. It was like ten thousand calories or something, and uh, but that's when he was playing. But his personality and who he is has has not wavered from years ago. I think if anybody says that, they would just not know who he was. And that's the one thing that I respect about him a lot is that whether he had a dime or he had $10 million, it it didn't change the type of person he was. But that's a good question because uh, uh, a, a lot of people don't do that. They change who they are by the amount of money they have. But he's not the one. He's not one of those guys. Mm. Todd, some great stuff, uh, great stories, and, of course, a perspective on the LHSA situation. Appreciate the time, Heck. Maybe in a couple of weeks we'll get you on again to break down what we learned after the meetings from next week. Thank you. Hey, hey, it sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. You bet. Todd Black from uh, ESPN 104.5 down in Baton Rouge. Hits Shaquille O'Neal in the face. We'd probably need a trampoline for both of us, right? Have to take a, have to take a running start? I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. Uh, trying to build a business and do everything I'm doing, you, I'll give you give me a hundred bucks, I'll punch you in the. I mean, whatever it takes. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, I need a forklift to get up killing those face. The arm reach that he would have on you too. He'd just be like holding you out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's never gonna happen. Yeah. Uh.
Wow. Pretty cool. 888-993-7762. Joy Trappé is joining us at 845. We still got to get uh, Kevo to give us the best recipe and the menu for a championship weekend. That's coming up after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Broken window? Sounds like you need Glassworks of West Monroe. Glassworks specializes in the highest quality residential glass. From insulated glass to protect your home from the worst weather, to vinyl replacement windows with a lifetime warranty, to custom installed mirrors and shower doors. Glassworks service is unmatched and their price is always competitive. Let them save you money. Glassworks, 800 Jonesboro Road, across from the mill in West Monroe. 387 4747. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the show on the all new Sports Talk 97.7. Let's fire this text line back up 888 993 7762. We want to hear some predictions, some picks, and uh, what you're looking forward to the most this weekend. Kevo, what does that mean for you? Oh, by the way. Yeah. Uh, at the start, we were talking about your wife uh, texting in. <laughs> and I uh, threw my wife under the bus, said that uh, she uh, does not listen. And she does. She listens, I think, from 730 to 8 or so. And she texted immediately and said, yes, I do at 801. I get no credit. I am going back to XM Stars. So you, ha- so you lost the listener. That's yeah. basically what that gets. That's what it comes down to. As long as I don't leave as a wife. Uh, right, and you would think she's not genetically, but she's legally predisposed to loving you. Oh, that, that is, she leaves you. That is a major, uh, not a fight, but whenever we get into the vehicle, mm-hmm. what will be on the radio? Uh, there's only so much of Dr. Laura that I can hear. Oh, I'm going to plead the fifth there. I have song and radio ADD. Uh-huh. I listen to a lot of talk radio, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this station. And then, you know, like Ben Shapiro and Crowder and all those guys. And my wife hates it. She she wants music. So when I try, mm-hmm. it's like 20 seconds of a song and, oh, I got a better song. And yeah. then, uh, so, you know. She so road trips are a little rough. 
no, she's beautiful and sexy and amazing. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's like, honey, whatever you want. And I just give in. So I've been married 21 years. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, marriage advice from uh, Kevin right. over here. All right, now let's dive into yes, this. Uh, we got a big weekend. Man. Sunday, two ball games. We were hoping it was going to, of course, be the Saints. Could have planned a big party, went all out. Still, we still have two championship games in the AFC, NFC. Anytime you're having to get together or even watching football, you got to have the right menu, correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I really do. I think food is so important to any gathering. Very important. And for those that don't know out there, the listeners, the majority of your profession and your job is doing what? I have a catering company and a food truck. It's called Two Dudes Catering, the number two dudes catering. Uh, so if you go to social media, Facebook, you can find us at the number two dudes catering. And I'm going to post these recipes on there later for everybody. How long have you been doing this and how did you get in? Uh, three years ago. We started uh, three years ago. I had a job that I was a crane operator instructor. For oh, 20 that, years. That seems like a good segue uh, to get into the food right, business. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for, so I was a crane operator and instructor for about 20 years. And it just, uh, time away and out of town. And it was, it, you know, to, to beat the instruction portion of it, you've got to travel abroad. And, and in 2014, I was uh, in hotels uh, 251 nights that year. And Ouch. so it just, it, it just got to where it, it was time to make a change. And so I thought. This was always a dream, so I decided to do it. And then uh, be careful what you wish for. So <laughs> when you did have time off, you were yeah. basically one of those weekend uh, guys where you would uh, cook up something and you'd be in the backyard. That's and how you really started. thought, hey, I'm a, I got a passion for this, and I may be pretty good at it. Yeah, and even on the road. So I would take just a small, you know, the cheapest little type charcoal grill you could get. Because you get tired of eating out and you want to get creative and you've got, you know, you're not going to fly in for a day or two off. You're not going to, you know, from Seattle to here. By the time you do all that, you're – so I would just start doing things and messing with it and it turned into a passion. Okay. Yeah. Now that passion leads to the catering business and yeah. now that leads to this weekend. Uh, first of all, what would you cook for these games? Okay. So I have uh, – one thing that I love is dip. And there's not many barbecue dips out there. There's just not many. And there is a barbecue chicken dip that we uh, we use a lot. And, and the, the reason I'm comfortable giving this recipe is it's not something we're going to use in any future endeavors, should okay. I say. So uh, we're not going to use anything like this. But that being said, uh, it, it's got like – and I'm going to post this on Facebook, of course. But it's got uh, cream cheese, garlic powder. Uh, here's the important part. you have It's better to grill – at least grill the chicken, okay? You know, because grilled chicken's got that certain, it's got that grilled flavor you want. It's better to smoke it. So if you could smoke the chicken, uh, you know, and try to smoke it at like 237 degrees. You don't want to go hotter than that. You want it to stay juicy. You get too hot, it dries out. And But if you could smoke it at like 237 degrees for chicken breast or thighs, whatever, you know, boneless, for a couple, three hours, and then chop all that up real finely. Mm-hmm. You've got corn, and it's got black beans, pepper jack, sharp cheddar, and uh, so and, low and then, calorie. Uh, you're, yeah, you yeah. know. But you mix your favorite barbecue sauce with that cream cheese. When that cream cheese gets softened, you mix your favorite barbecue sauce with that. Ah. And so with that little bit of barbecue sauce and that smoked chicken, I'm telling you, it, it it's unbelievably good. Mm. It's better than any. Di- I mean, 
there's not a lot of barbecue dips out there. So this one is so different from anything you've ever had. Mm. That smoked flavor is amazing. Mm. Really good. All right. So I'm going to post that online. Okay, that sets but, the tone. Yeah, that's good stuff. Now, the main dish, this is as simple as you can get. Is but it as simple as a man? Absolutely. A can and a plan. I'm telling you, this is what to do. Yeah, you know how ground beef, whether don't 80, 20, or 70, yeah. whatever you buy, but it comes in a loaf. You know, it's a square, rectangle, yeah. whatever. Uh, if If you'll take that square, rectangle, and take it out of that package and put it on your grill or smoker like that. And, again, grill it, smoke it, and you know what your internal temperature needs yeah. to be. But on, but on beef, you know, it needs to be 165 at least. Same, kind of in there with chicken. But you get it to there. And then in a separate dish, uh, you know, do up some penne pasta. Uh, you know, get it good and tender. Put it in a pan. And then about the time that ground beef comes off, your your pasta's boiled. Put it, crumble all that up. Put it on top of that penne. And then take your favorite marinara, whatever it is. But if you're going to do 60 ounces of marinara, you know, a large jar of marinara, and say it's 60 ounces, do the equivalent of your same favorite barbecue sauce. Hmm. And you mix that marinara with that barbecue sauce and that smoked ground beef, and you've made a barbecue pasta that I am telling you, you're, I know you're probably thinking right now, no, 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 no. And then you put shredded sharp cheddar on it and bake it. I'm serious. You you will wonder why you haven't done this your whole life. Yeah. It's amazing. I've Perfect never done ground beef like that. Per- it's, it. Well, sure, because yeah. we always do it in burger yeah. form, you uh-huh. know. But if you put that loaf on there and smoke it again, yeah. and the best thing for both that chicken and ground beef, the best wood to do it is is oak. Oak's yeah. neutral. It's good on everything. It's not too bitter or too strong. Oak is perfect. All right, Kevo, and then how do we celebrate at the end with a uh, dessert after the Patriots win? The, the easiest way to do this is uh, we do what we call a strawberry shortcake casserole where you just crumble up angel food, put it in a pan, and, you know, you get the, your bowls of whipped cream. So you get a bowl of whipped cream, and you take the lid off of it, and you take a can of sweetened condensed milk, and you just start pouring it over in that bowl of whipped cream and stirring it and stirring it and stirring it and stirring it. Layer you some strawberries on top of that angel food cake, and then pour that whipped cream and mixture on top of it. You've got strawberry shortcake casserole. Uh, man, I'm hungry, it's good. man. It's very uh, good. John from Calhoun, this turned into beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> <laughs> Steve says, man, you're going to get some uh, lots of proposals. We, uh, yeah, I mean, man, we can do it. And, hey, if you don't want to cook, all you got to do is call me. And, I, I mean, it's going to cost you a little bit, but. I'll deliver it to your door. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Whatever y'all got to do. Uh, what's the website for the recipes? Uh, Morgan wants to know. Uh, we need the, some help. The number two dudes catering. There you go. That's on Facebook. So just go to Facebook, and I'll post these recipes up a little later. I promise. I got to ask you before yes, we sir. go to the break. Uh, yep. The Food Network, my wife always has me watching these shows, the Beat Bobby Flay thing. Are you a fan of them? Uh, I'm not a fan of, of Bobby yeah. Flay. I, I don't. Or any of those shows, the cooking I, shows? I do. I watch. There's one particular show, and uh, it's the one with uh, – it's where they're cooking uh, – barbecue pit masters. Okay. Mm. You know, where they're cooking competitively against each other. Mm. I have found a lot of recipes on that show, mm. watching them guys do that. Uh, the Food Network will return after this break with uh, Joey Trappe. We'll be back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price – 
for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. New year, new you. Let Pata's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked and we have low-carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork. All slow-cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials. Chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99 or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in Pata's. Drive through or use a waiter app for delivery. Two locations, one 165 North in Monroe or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Podna's Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Good morning. Here's the latest weather conditions for our area. Look for mostly cloudy skies with warmer temperatures today and a high of 51 degrees. Mostly cloudy skies, not quite as cold tonight, a low 42. Look for a 20% chance of rain on tomorrow and a high of 66 degrees. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive and the all new sports talk 97.7. We always love to end our week by having a little discussion with Joey Trappe. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. What up, Joey? How you doing this morning, bud? Morning, guys. What's up? How are you, sir? Have you uh, have you recovered from uh, what we witnessed Sunday with the Saints and the Vikings? That was a blow, man. That was uh, that was a tough one. You know, uh, the economic impact that had that one play had uh, over the next couple of weeks is it's kind of tough to think about. <laughs> I, I I have to say this. I was concerned. Of course, I love going up to Portico on Sundays and watching the Saints. I was not up there this past weekend. Uh, you got some great TVs up there. Are they all still in place after a heartbreaking loss like that? <sighs> Yeah, man, they are. It's just that was a uh... man. I don't know if you could have drawn up a much worse way to lose besides a, <laughs> yes. a flat out hail mary. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I think the way we lost was even worse than a hail mary. You know, I mean, you had one job. I mean, you could have took a charge and still would won. But um, I don't know. It's just a game of football, I guess. I just don't really like the timeout. Um, before that play i think uh, you got them on their heels they can't call in the timeout gave them an opportunity to draw up and scheme up a play based on the previous defense you ran i think if you got to call a timeout to tell you guys not to get beat deep and keep them in bounds um i think 
that that shows a reflection on the coach. But uh, hey, it is what it is. You know, we fought back and we lost. <laughs> but um, so so do you close the doors on Sunday at Portico, or you still do the uh, brunch? No, thing? no, yeah, Portico's brunch is is a staple, man. We um, you know, we we really built that that day up. So Sundays um are a, a operating day all year round at Portico. Um, as well as crawfish city, uh, we got some some crawfish in, and it's been really tough to get them, Aaron. I mean, it's just this cold weather has been. You always give me grief about talking about the weather, but man, I'm telling you that that weather plays a big big role in the way people eat out, and especially the crawfish business. But um, we've we've been pretty loyal to our former, and he's um he's been able to to supply us with some when when others can't get them. So. Um, we're, we're, we're excited about it. We're running a 10 pound special, 6250, um, right now. So if you're looking for some crawfish, head on over to Crawfish City this weekend and we'll hook you up. Uh, the field house, uh, you shift to basketball now. Have you created yeah. some way to, for a game day atmosphere with hoops there at the field house? Yeah, man. You know, our, our towers are, um, the, the hot commodity right now. Uh, we get four or five guys come in and grab a, a beer tower and, kind of hunker down and watch games all day. Um, you know, you've been having some really good in-conference matchups, uh, especially in the Big 12 and ACC. Lately, I've been seeing, and, um, you know, just good basketball going on right now. ULM lost a, a tough one last night. I think Tech pulled out a, a free-throw game uh, at the end of theirs. So, um, you know, there's a lot of interest in basketball right now, and, and um, you know, we, we look forward to, um, you know, everything that comes with it. Joey, and of course, uh, traps, uh, an opportunity to get out there and to hang out on the deck, or if it's a little cold, still yeah. plenty of seating. Right, inside. yeah, man. Um, hopefully, you know, it warms up a little bit. It's been kind of tough on us with this cold weather. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, we were closed due to our pipes being frozen, you know, being off the ground. Uh, kind of wreaks havoc on us there. But um, nonetheless, you know, seafood nachos are always going to be a fan favorite there. Um, and then all of our soups and, you know, our gumbo shrimp and corn bisque, red beans and rice, jambalaya. Those are very, uh, very popular right now uh, with the, the weather being so cold. But uh, I think today we might sneak up into 50, 40, high 40s, and then tomorrow they're saying 60 degrees. So um, take advantage and get outside, break this cabin fever, and get on yeah. the deck and have some seafood nachos and relax. That'd be a great promotion right there, like the cabin fever drink or an entree or two. Uh, Joey, hey, bud, appreciate the time. Hope to see you this weekend, bud. Sounds good, guys. Joey Trappé for his weekly visit. That leads us to our parting shot. So I want you to spray it and don't say it. Good morning. Good afternoon. My goodness. Woo, that's how you do it. I have lost my voice in excitement. All right, Kevo, with your uh, pierced nipple, uh, what do you got as your parting shot? Well, <clears throat> all right, so not, I'm not in any way trying to be a downer <laughs> at all, but I just do want to mention this, though. Um, we uh, The other day, uh, Washington State's Tyler Holinsky yeah. uh, lost his life in what appears to be an apparent suicide. And it's just uh, – I know a lot of us have probably been touched in some way, shape, form, or fashion by that. But if you or anyone you know is thinking or you're worried or something else, talk to your buddies and your friends and your coworkers. And, and if you think there's a problem, let somebody know. I think that's 
very, very, very. Uh, uh, we should all want to do that for our friends and loved ones. Yes. But but that uh, that aside, not trying to end okay, that I on a doubt. See how you're going to get yourself out of this. <laughs> but right. but uh, but that aside, um, I am thinking. Uh, I've been sitting here reading while, we, while we've been talking about this. I'm looking for a big game uh, from Case Keenum. I've decided he's going to throw three touchdowns ah. Sunday. Ah. Three. Against he, that Philadelphia's D. He, against Philadelphia's On D. On the road. He he did okay against uh, – they haven't done that bad on the road this year. And I, I just I, – I believe we're going to see something that uh, – we're going to see something we're all going to be shocked by. I'm going to say he's going to throw or account for three touchdowns. He may run one. I think the Vikings are going to win, as we said in our earlier uh, prediction segment. But – I would love to see Doug Peterson in the Super Bowl. And the guy getting the credit that he deserves. We have one uh, more clip to play from uh, Peterson just on what it's been like for for him as he got the uh, job as the head coach last year and then how he went about gaining the trust of his players. I think it starts with all of that. Um, the second I walk up here in the morning and address the team, the uh, – the way I am, you know, on the practice field, uh, the way I interact with the players individually, uh, the coaches, um, I think they see all of that. I think, I think it, I think a lot of it too comes from just being genuine and real and, and being, being me, you know, being who I am and, and being, not being something I'm not, you know, um, I'm, when I was in Green Bay, I couldn't be Brett Farr. There's no way, you know, and, you know, um, I can't be Andy Reid here in Philadelphia. So I've got to be Doug Peterson, and and um, I think too having that relationship and <clears throat> excuse me, uh, having been in the locker room, you know, and understanding the dynamic there also has has helped with the trust with the players. Mm, good stuff, genuine, real. Yes. yes. And I, I and Hammer honed the point too. All those years that he spent in the league, of course, being a great teammate. He knows how to work the workings in the locker room and the dynamics that come with it. And it has all paid off now in a big way for Philadelphia. You know, I, I thought it was interesting the way he said, I can't be Andy Reid. And mm-hmm. Nobody really counts Chip Kelly's time there as anything, right? I mean, because he was the last coach. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess that's, it was a, that was kind of a dumpster fire, wasn't right. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had fun over the course of the last two days. Good job, bud. Man, I've had an absolute blast. I, I appreciate uh, you and Jake letting me sit in and, and hang out and, and uh, attempt to kind of uh, take his place uh, or fill in for him, should I say, for a couple of days. And good luck to him and the family. Uh, finally, uh, for your recipes, one more time, we got people requesting for uh, where they can find them. Absolutely. Uh, as soon as I leave here, I'm going to go put them up on Facebook, the number two dudes catering. Uh, go to our page, give us a like, and uh, you can kind of always uh, check out some recipes, see where we're going to be and what's going on, etc. So what are we betting? Is it uh, – Jacksonville and uh, Patriots, are we just going no point spread just straight up then? You want to just do it that way? Yeah. Let's do it that way. Uh, and I tell you I got what, New England. You got Jacksonville. I'll take Jacksonville. And uh, you decide whether you want a, a smoked brisket, smoked pork butter, smoking them. I'll do one of them. Oh. And then what, do you gotta, want, what do you re- return from me? I, uh, you want a T-shirt? A, a T-shirt. How about How about a bottle of something? <laughs> How about a bottle of something? Right. Nothing too expensive, right. just right. equivalent price. All right. Okay. MD 2020. That'd uh, be well, that's not. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work, man. We'll do a bottle of something. Okay. Perfect.
Uh, everybody have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back bright and early Monday morning to break everything down for you. John Tabor, fabulous job on the board this week. Everybody, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday morning. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.